Breaking the Panel is made possible by you and other listeners just as awesome as you are. If you want to support the show and get a little something in return, just go to patreon.com slash breaking the panel because we do appreciate the help. Horrible. Like horrible stuff happened this year, Charles. No, you don't get to be an optimist (laughs) this time. We get another like four weeks of just complaining, okay? Knock yourself out, man. I had to come back and I had to hear all this shit and I don't like it. And Gilmore Girls, (laughs) (laughs) These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comics life. We're breaking the panel. And welcome to Breaking the Panel, where we go all over the panel table with all kind of awesome insights on movies, TV, comic books, and everything else in the comic-related world. I am the rock god of podcasting, Charles McFall, a.k.a. Luke Danes of the show. Here with me, as always, we got the Suki St. James of the world, Chris Wisdom. I don't even know what that means. Oh, you will in just a second. And the man who has earned his title. As an official Gilmore Girl, we've got the Michelle Gerard of Gilmore Girls right here, Paul Klotz. Who? Oh, don't even lie, yeah, man. Lie, You're Michelle <laughs> all the way. I just got done, honestly. <laughs> I just got done watching the Netflix uh, Gilmore Girls Year in the Life. I really enjoyed it. It's fun. But the the French uh, hotelier, the hotel manager, is Paul Klotz all the way. I forgot looks, that character even existed. Oh, dude, it is so you. I saw that. And then yesterday when I was talking about the email we're about to read, and immediately you came back like... It's so exciting. I'm like, oh, you're totally getting introduced as Michelle. You are the Michelle of the crew here. Because one of the lines he says, and he goes, why are you, I can't do a French accent, otherwise I'd brutalize that, but he does, he's a French character on the show, and he goes, why are you not on Xanax? God invented it for you. And that's something Klotz would say in a heartbeat, I think. So, yeah, don't even play. I got your sister on you. You you love the Gilmore Girls. It's all good. I good don't. Netflix. Oh my god. <laughs> but <laughs> but and uh, uh, wisdom. Do you have Netflix? I do have Netflix. Even if you don't watch the four, even if you don't care about Gilmore Girls, go to the fourth episode of the Year in the Life. It's fall. Go towards the last twenty thirty minutes when she's in the kitchen, and that's uh, Melissa McCarthy as is, Sookie. Is that's where she really got her break. I uh, was on Gilmore Girls originally, and uh, great character, and you you suit that character, and that character and Michelle are always at each other, they're always combating. So you know, for those of you who watch Gilmore Girls, you love that intro. For everybody else, you're like, just move on to the email. Nobody so now, watches Gilmore Girls. <laughs> uh, Netflix would disagree with you, sir. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, I have seen a lot of ladies <laughs> on Facebook being like, "Oh, Gilmore Girls." All right, so now after we read this email, I'm totally looking up the Netflix numbers on the show right now. I'm going to do that. So we got an email to our email address, btp at giantsizeteamup.com. But somehow it's a note from Facebook. I can't find our Facebook page where we registered ever getting something along these lines. So I'm not sure how it got sent, but we are very, very grateful it got sent. So this is comments on episode uh, Breaking the Panel number 54. Hey, Panel Breakers, newish listener, first-time emailer. I was catching up on BTP54, and I have a couple of things I wanted to comment on. First, regarding the Power Rangers movie, I will personally be going opening night to see it. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was my jam in the 90s. All my friends and I were watching it, buying the toys, and pretending to be the Rangers on the elementary school playground. 
It remains my biggest childhood nostalgia and my go-to brain bleach in recent years with all the negativity in the world, even at 31 years old. I still collect the new, newer merchandise based on the original series as well, pop vinyls, new figures, etc. I think it was Paul that made the comment about how the original American series resonated with those who were in the target demographic, whereas if you were just even two years older or younger like Chris, it fell flat. I completely agree. However, that fan base with whom it really struck a chord was so rabid and devoted completely blows my mind when I think back on it. Here's hoping that fan bases still care or is nostalgic enough to make this reboot a success. Hashtag Tommy and Kimberly forever. (laughs) Secondly, Charles, you mentioned Beast Wars didn't fit your criteria for the canon of Transformers Gen 1. I'll fight tooth and nail to the death on this. Well, you'll fight yourself. I just don't care that much. sir. Uh, seasons two and three details so much more than just season one seemingly random adventures on an uninhabited planet things really started to piece together about the ancient ruins and presence of energon on this planet in the beginning of season two and carry on into prequel territory about halfway through nevertheless i'm glad to hear someone else enjoyed the series most transformers fans i talked to have no clue what happened to beast wars and follow the series beast machines of and the following series beast machines predacons terrorize yeah um when it comes to Beast Wars and Beast Machines, I enjoyed the crap out of it. I just didn't really feel like it. It. I thought, it, if anything, it was more of a, a reboot to catch more money of that generation or to do something slightly different. Um, I would have to, honestly, to, to really comment on what you said here, I'd have to go back and rewatch it and see how it fits, and I might just do this. To quote Tom Hanks from Big, I don't get it. <laughs> did you ever watch it i did i couldn't get into it at all the the animation was there it was huge, different yeah. it was a huge turnoff for me and i just i couldn't get into it and the story wasn't compelling the characters bugged me i didn't understand why optimus prime was a gorilla or whatever the f he was because the gorilla is the strongest of the primates I'd and he's prime I'd primate so get out of here nope oh, Nope. I'm sorry. We're arguing semantics <laughs> on a show that's 100% built to just shill toys to kids. And that it did. <laughs> that it did. So you can't really overthink this too much. No, Chris. and it's real hard because, like, I, I look at it and I'm like, who the hell thought that it would be really cool? Robots plus dinosaurs. And I was like, well, the same people that thought robots plus trucks. So I can't really get too, in high, too high and mighty about it. But at, the, but at the same time, I'm like, no, that that's just a bridge too far. That shark has been jumped, or that Sharktacon has been jumped. That's the man who loves masks. I, yeah. Yeah. Because that was that guys. perfect middle ground. <laughs> guys, this convo, two morons in disguise. No. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Lastly, Chris, you made me have horrible flashbacks to being forced to watch Multiplicity in my current events class from my 2004 senior year of high school. Never, ever mention that movie again. My teacher made my class watch it because of some stupid news story we had been covering regarding cloning and morality that was probably not that big of a deal at the time, but I think my teacher had a hard-on for Michael Keaton. I forgave him when he let us watch Apollo 13, though. So she, you traumatized our listeners. She touched with my that puppy, Steve. Movie. <laughs> Signed, it's Morphin Time, Jeremy. Yeah. So, so uh, thank you, Jeremy, for yeah. a, a wonderful yeah. letter. Um, I think we should call him the nerd of the week, man. <laughs> that was. I wholeheartedly apologize for what your letter sparked. 
<laughs> I, you know, all sparked even. Yeah, because... I feel. Oh, <laughs> nice. I feel that was the intent. Yeah. Because <laughs> you guys are nerds and nobody likes you. Now, Anadoe Deer, who's a friend of ours from uh, from the Helicarrier, and he's doing some great work with the the Agents Only Lounge community that's still going. He's posting up segments and whatnot of memories of that game uh, going on there, and people love it. He says he left uh, he left a review on iTunes, but I don't see it. We actually we're using a program now, a service that lets us look at iTunes reviews for our show from all around the world. And we, st- I don't, I don't know what happened. Chris, you have any ideas? I, I don't, I don't, I don't either. So he's he's messages. I don't know, Anna, man. Try it again. I don't know what to tell you. So we do have iTunes review to read later on. But first, of course, go to our Facebook page. That this somehow how this there's a note that came through our Facebook page. That's how this email got to us. And we really appreciate that. Uh, but you can message the page there. You can comment on the, we're always putting up articles and discussions and interacting there. So check it out. Facebook.com forward slash breaking the panel. Now we have some interesting <laughs> topics to, to jump in here. What, uh, what do we want to start with today? Dealer's wow. choice. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh well Chris Chris brings two related things to the table that we could discuss here. All right. Chris, you want to give us a rundown of this Kevin Smith scenario? Yeah, ab- absolutely. So Kevin Smith, he's been doing some live Facebooking lately and he's on his third episode of what he's calling Smotivation. And uh this this most recent one's called Do the Right Thing. And it actually there's two different directions this thing goes and first First and foremost, for me, it's it's nothing but a huge praise point for Kevin Smith because he showed his integrity as <clears throat> as a as a content generator, as a filmmaker, as a writer. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, a few months ago, I want to say June or July, uh, Kevin Smith, Amazon, um, they they were in talks to create a Buckaroo Banzai television show to be right. an Amazon show. Well, since then, the uh, the movie studio and I can't remember which studio it is off the top of my head that uh mgm mgm yes mgm is has entered into a lawsuit with the creators of buckaroo bonsai wd richter and earl mock rouch um over the rights as to who as to whether or not mgm and amazon have the rights to be able to produce this television show or if those television rights still still lie with your creators um because of this kevin smith has backed away from the has backed away from the project he's he said i'm out he said i'm not saying which side is there's not there's not a right side or wrong side, he said, but until this dispute settled, I don't want any piece of this because it was always my vision as the director as to do this television show to invite those men back for creative input and to direct at least one of those episodes. So I don't I don't want to do anything that would besmirch them and their their creative uh, prerogative with this this project. And so for that, I mean big applause. Big applause. This dude once again shows why he is just one of the nicest guys in in, in entertainment. Um, and I can't uh, say enough about that. But the other thing that it brings up is just there was a we as reviewers of entertainment, um, and I'm going to lump us in with with internet bloggers and other entertainment sites. We're so hungry for stories that we we often misrepresent things, and that's you know there's there's guilt on that as far as regular media, mainstream media. Um, but we 
we've seen it quite a bit on Facebook, you know, where we talk about clickbait or we take we talk mm-hmm. about just fake news in general on Facebook. Um, and there was a site uh, that misrepresented what Kevin said in, in a, the original story made it seem like, no, because they're suing them, I'm out. I, I side with the creators. And that's like that had nothing to do with what he was his point was. And the, the video, he, he goes more in, into depth than that. Um, but I think that in in our urgency, maybe to to report on things as they happen and have content versus content that goes past just a quote from somebody and, and trying to fill in the gaps, perhaps we don't take the the, the time and the care and exhibit the proper responsibility um, in representing things properly. Um, we make we make mountains out of molehills that we should never do, um, and the. There's going to be another story in the show notes about Andrew Garfield playing says playing Spider-Man broke his heart, and this comes from ComicBook.com. So I mean, this is this is a pretty legitimate site, but that's that 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 title is clickbaity bad because the actual quote is from Andrew Garfield when they quote him later. It says there's there's something that happened with that experience for me where story and character were not actually top of the priority list ultimately said Garfield, and I found that really, really tricky. I signed up to serve the story and to serve this incredible character I'd been dressing as since I was three, and then it gets compromised and it breaks my heart. I got heart- heartbroken a little bit. So it wasn't playing Spider-Man that broke his heart. It was dealing right. with studio and studio priorities and their push to make this Spider-Verse and the villain universe and all this stuff, trying to run before they walk type of deal. That's what broke his heart, but that's not what that title says. And that's just, the- and that's not what people would say. Let's say it's uh, Access Hollywood, where you're not reading it; they're they're telling it to you. Mm-hmm. Right. They would totally tease out and lead it with Andrew Garfield says playing Spider-Man broke his heart, and you're just going to listen to what they said, and you might not even get back to the story where they kind of change it a little bit and it has nothing to do with that. And well, <sighs> you know, without delving too far into the the realm of stuff that we try very hard not to bring into the show. This is a pertinent topic in all realms of media right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's talking about the post-election fake news, quote-unquote, fallout. And, I, I mean, there's articles going around, interviews with this guy who was posting fake news articles that got traction. Like, he was making the most ridiculous nonsense up about, you know, right-leaning politicians and put, posting it out there. And he was aiming at the right, you know the the political right and they were picking it up and running with it you know what i mean they were taking it as real articles and so he was like he's been interviewed about it he's like he made a he makes a bunch of money from it and he's like yeah it's actually kind of shocking because like i'll put out a fake article and it'll get like three four five times the shares the facebook traffic that like a legitimate news article does and so i think there's a lot at play here um you know, th- this also rolls back to another sore subject, which is Gamergate, um, where like there's a lot of debate about what Gamergate was really about. But people who were like hardcore Gamergaters generally argued that it was about media ethics in video game reviews and reporting. And, you know, it's there's still all that clickbaity stuff going on there. And there's, you know, paid advertisements that are masquerading as news articles and all kinds of stuff like that. And it's really unfortunate because it's getting to the point where the Internet's getting abused 
not utilized as the tool that it it really can be, but it's getting used to spread misinformation. And I, I, yeah, I would have to say the internet is a new tabloid uh, rack at the grocery store, except it's way worse because people instantly just hit like and share just looking at the headline without ever using your brain, without ever reading anything. Yeah, and the difference is like that stuff – when you know when we used to go through the grocery store line, you'd look at that and be like, "That's ridiculous." Obviously, it's all a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. There were some people who believed it, but it, they weren't the majority. And right now, we don't know what to believe. I mean, there was uh, in gaming communities there was an article put up today uh, for uh, the Game of Thrones living card game that I saw, where they were talking about like a fan poll about what. Uh, what mechanics would get implemented in future releases and they were p- pulling from stuff from the it's the second edition of the game they were pulling ideas from the f- first edition and people were like they clicked the link it was you know it was a fake link it was at fantasy fight with two eyes instead of flight games.com <laughs> but they had the templating down all the links on the site linked to fantasy flight's actual site Everything but the text and the content, the body of the article was 100% legit except for the URL and the, the body. The body was all made up. And it caused this thing where people are like now every time anything's linked in the day or so since that happened, they're like, I don't know if I can believe this or not. I'm always looking for the, you know, the, the thing that's out of place. And this happens a lot all over the place. It's crazy. And I think it's particularly damaging in entertainment because – Bad press, like if somebody puts out something that's a little bit misleading or takes a quote out of context, all of a sudden it's a huge problem and it can really hurt a project. You know, it can hurt a video game, it can hurt a film or a TV show, and you can't always win people back, you know? Well, just just in general, I mean, it hurts it hurts all of media because now you have you have this insane questioning of sources and and people putting sources on the same playing field as it goes back to the the critic thing that we talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. You you can't you can't give the same weight to an internet blogger that you give to a mainstream media source just because you you now have to question the 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 validity of news in general. But I mean, it, it does nothing but a disservice to the entire thing. That that's not to say that you shouldn't you shouldn't look at at information you're given objectively, question it. But right. what we're turning into is how do you believe anything? Now, and it's starting well, to permeate science. You know, when you question whether or not a scientist is the is the foremost expert on a science subject that they're presenting you with, and you're like, ah, that's they're a scientist. What what credentials do they have? It's ridiculous. It's preposterous. There was, there was a great today I learned on Reddit the other day about the the aliens guy. You know, from the meme that's yeah. on all those. Oh yeah, yeah. All those ancient aliens TV shows. That guy does not have an education in any science field. No, his, huh? his college education is in uh, sports media, like sports broadcasting, and he just got into it because he's interested in it. And he's you know a, a somewhat talented interviewee slash presenter. So he, essentially, he's kind of like a podcaster. Yeah, you know, well, yeah. in a way, but he's built a career where he appears on these shows as an expert. But he's not an expert. I mean, he he might be knowledgeable, and that doesn't mean that you have to have a degree in a certain field in order to become knowledgeable and to become an expert on something. But like, he doesn't really have any credentials at all. There's no organization that is like backing him, saying, "Hey, you know, this guy doesn't have a degree, but 
we we vetted him. He's he's good. He's on the ball. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's one of those things. It's like uh, you know, Bill Nye is famous for you know pushing the sciences and entertainment, and you know he's got a background in it, but he's also an entertainer and he does it well. The same thing with Neil deGrasse Tyson. So those are you know what I mean. But and that stuff happens all over the place. We get that in politics, news. You know, like it's something we're seeing in gaming. Um, you know, to bring back the Gamergate thing, one of the chief uh, criticisms of Anita Sarkeesian, who is you know one of the the big feminist people in trying to get games to be less chauvinistic and you know try to find room in the industry for women and women's interest in gaming there's a lot of criticism aimed at her because she's not she has no background in it you know she's never been a developer she didn't even until she started doing her web series she didn't play video games so people are calling her like a dilettante you know like you're you don't know what you're talking about you're getting in here and you're you know you have all these opinions but where's the experience where's the the background um, so you got to kind of like, I guess you got to go out into the world and be careful about how you take things, you know, like, cause there's a lot of potential for, to be misled by content and every site out there is trying their damnedest to get as many clicks as possible to get as much traffic. You know? Right. So, you know, here, here's the, the bottom line of it is trouble sells. They used to say sex sells. Well, not anymore. You can get sex type stuff everywhere, right? Billboards, bus signs. Uh, you want to get real sex, you can get it for free on the internet type stuff, right? So sex doesn't sell anymore. So what sells? Trouble, drama, uh, turbulence, uh, things that get you angry. That's what sells now. I mean, there was a legitimate line uh, in the news industry a long time ago. If it bleeds, it leads. Mm -hmm. And you'll see that. Uh, our good friend Travis Jones of Breaking Defender Report, a uh, Blazing Defender Report, sorry. He's a firefighter, and he had a hard day the other day, and he posted up a picture of this wreck. And he you put said, stop texting and driving, or that whatever the hashtag is. And he was talking about how he had to deal with this um, – bad wreck because some somebody hit somebody else messing with their radio and go blah 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 well it got a ton of traction you know i see a lot of people responding to it it popped up on my page more than once uh because people are commenting on it and it's not how he led with them I mean, he was he was expressing his life but he also puts up the happy pictures and look i'm on vacation pictures and they don't get nearly the traction as mm -hmm. this picture of a wreck and how it was a fatality and this and that and the other and that's just human nature i think to a point so all these clickbait headlines everything like that the one you talked about chris the the spider-man even legitimate sources are going to do it it's your world you got to change it you got you've got to start phrasing your things the way you want things to come to you because I don't see 90% of the politics that show up because I've unfriended the negative politician people who are up there, but I'm still friends with people who are very, very passionate about politics. But I don't see that on my page very often because all I like on is the the happy news, the fun stuff, the geek stuff, the, mm -hmm. the anniversaries people are posting, the children's pictures they're putting up. And so Facebook's algorithms start sending me more of the stuff I actually click on and like on. So if you're seeing a lot of this clickbait on your Facebook – you gotta be thinking about what you're. Well, but that's on well, but that's that's the thing though, and that's that's part of the problem too, is because now you're a a we're allowing Facebook to give us news, period. <laughs> right. Okay. But now you're allowing Facebook to tailor make your echo chamber. Yep. 
So well, that's, like, yeah. I, I, the only thing that's going to come in is stuff that I like. You have to, you have to, you have to let dissenting opinion come in. But you yeah. know, the other thing, well, you yeah, don't have to, it's right? Your but world. Then, right, but then you're you're not participating in the world. You're sitting in the corner, sucking your thumb, and refusing to listen to anybody else. And okay, that's not. Let's, let's, that's anymore. a good conversation. Let's have that conversation real quick. You've met me, right? Do I act like I'm not participating in the world? You are in in yeah. N- that's do, not to say that you're. You yeah. do a fair amount of thumb sucking. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. You're fine. That's, I. I I was trying to, to do the political answer on it, but I mean, no, absolutely. You you take part in things that you feel comfortable in, and you you express your stuff yourself um, and your opinions in 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 areas where you you know what you're talking about or you feel comfortable in weighing out into that those waters. But I don't necessarily see you, and and I'm not saying you have to, but right, right. But, but you when you just shut it off, when you shut off the input, that's, that's non-participatory at, at the mm-hmm. most. Like you don't have to be, you don't have to be engaged to at least let the other ideas come in because then you're just, that's, that's not how discussion happens. Well, okay. Not- I, okay. It's a fair point. Cause this is what we do on this show. We discuss things, right? right. That is a, a fair generic point. But when we apply it to the topic of clickbait, I would I have to stand by the argument of you need to shut that off. Well, no, no, and and because, but that's that's up to yeah. our peers. That's that goes back to the responsibility that I was talking about. Is you can you you can be a legitimate site, and and have have titles to articles that that aren't clickbait or don't misrepresent what the person actually said. Whether you actually quote them in the article or not, quote them. Quote Andrew Garfield says that his studio experience while playing Spider Man broke his heart. Mm-hmm. That's still going to make me click on the article and say, "Okay, what did I not know?" See, honestly, I might, I might not because of all the clickbait. See, that's where it goes. Is I don't. It's not that I want this. It's not that I want to avoid dissenting opinions. Uh-huh. I, I, I gave it a good week after the elections of letting people have their uberly slanted on either side of it, just massively. The world is ending, or the world is saved. Post <laughs> didn't unfriend them. After a week, I started unfollowing some people. It's like, okay, I'm just tired of seeing that crap. Not discussion, but crap coming across my Facebook page. Now, if I see one of those way out there, you're so wrong, you're not even open to discussion post, gone. Mm-hmm. When you when, Because of our clickbait world and because at my heart, man, all I ever want to do is discuss things. We do this here on the show all the time. We disagree with each other all the time on the show. I mean, Michael Bay for life, bitches. But I'm just saying. Uh, wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, God, man, somebody's going to think I'm a huge Michael Bay fan, which is not the case. I, well, just, I like big robots running around. That's Transformers to right. me. And anyway, In Charles's defense, God. he is probably as big a Michael Bay fan as Paul is a Gilmore, Gilmore Girls fan. <laughs> <laughs> Take that for what you will. Uh, no. <laughs> my point is- I'm less a <laughs> uh, No, no, no. But when, see, when you ring this headline, you bring this headline in that says, Andy Garfield says playing Spider-Man broke his heart. I'm probably not going to click on it because of so many times of looking at something that, mm, that could be legit and click on it and have it be nothing to do with anything or even today looking for a discussion point uh it said something about damien dark led video game storyline that sounds cool that doesn't sound clickbaity at all i click on it it's less than a paragraph of non-news about something that could or could not have happened yeah 
I'd rather go give a dollar to the bum on the corner downtown Atlanta and have him tell me his story. That'd be more entertaining. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, so the the clickbait, it, it's gotten so out of control. The hyperbole is so real that it doesn't affect you anymore. You know what I mean? It's it's like the phrase I literally yeah. can't or I literally can't even. It's like you can shut up. You can. You know what I mean? Like it's language. It, we live in the hyper the age of hyperbole. You know, we we live in this age of big words and often small action. You know, like they say where there's smoke, there's fire. But a lot of times there's a whole bunch of smoke and you get there and it's like somebody lit a match. You know, it, yeah. there's no story here. It's not it's not as big as people are trying to make it seem. And it's just to get – it's because of the business model of the internet. Everything's about clicks. Everything's about traffic. But the news media is, has to do it the same way. You know, if you – this goes all the way back to analyzing the rise of the 24-hour news cycle and how it completely changed news, how it completely changed the way we perceive politics in the world. I mean I – at my 32, almost 33 years of age – I remember when the evening news was pretty straightforward. There was some exciting stories, but for the a lot as a kid, I thought it was boring as hell. So I was like, "Why is Tom Brokaw or whoever up there just droning on in their newsman <laughs> voice?" You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't super exciting or thrilling, but nowadays it's a full spectacle. You know, it's this, it's very bread and circuses, you know, and we see the same thing in entertainment and it's just, it's so over the top that when you get there, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's, so we listen to Kevin Smith podcasts and he, Kevin Smith, when he talks and he's getting in, you know, getting excited about stuff and his exuberance overtakes him, simple things that Kevin says that are just funny, you listen to it and you laugh and news sites like comicbook.com will take it and run with it in one of his recent podcasts he said and that's that's another thing that he references in that video he's talking about bed knobs and broomsticks bed knobs and broomsticks remake he was talking with all these disney remakes that are being made the one that i'd like to see is bed knobs and broomsticks and i would suck it to make that happen <laughs> well so comicbook.com takes it and runs with it and says kevin smith pushing for uh Mm-hmm. pushing yeah, to, article, to, yeah. to redo bed knobs and broomsticks and on the video kevin's like no he's like there's no shot that that would happen i was like that is not what the point of it was i said something funny and you guys are making news out of it and that's that's where i'm saying that our peers we need to police better police ourselves especially if you want to be taken seriously and be be known as a reputable source not a source not a site that has 50 50 mm-hmm. am i going to get something good or am i going to get something that i am upset that i clicked on and then dealt with your ads and all your bs I'll, I'll tell you, this reminds me of um, a number of years ago, about four or five years ago, I, there was this up-and-coming uh, gaming site that had these awesome, really well-produced uh, talk shows. You know, not quite podcasts, but pretty similar to it, um, but had a video component. And they covered, like, big games of the time. So they covered World of Warcraft. They covered Star Wars Old Republic. They had a bunch of different shows. And one of the guys had a production background. He came like he had, I believe he had worked for Fox News and someplace else. And they were doing a really killer job. And I really enjoyed their shows. Even I watched their WoW show when I wasn't playing WoW. 
You know what I mean? Like I was like, I was just, yeah, I couldn't be bothered to play the game at the time, but I'd watch them do the current news and talk about issues. And it was really entertaining. Um, and one one of their, the co-hosts on that show went off to work for Blizzard after the fact. So, I mean, as a community manager. So, I mean, it's, it was good stuff, you know, it caught people's attention. But what happened is probably about two, three years ago, all of a sudden they started getting all these clickbaity articles and they were really like, the 10, 10 crazy secrets about video games and, you know, all this. And you'd go to the articles and it was the, the, the stereotypical one page with a screenshot and two lines of text. And then you'd have to click the next button. Yeah. Uh, it, uh. it destroyed that site. Now they were doing it because that's what they had to do to make ends meet financially to get the ad revenue, the AdSense revenue. But all the comments, their, their forums were filled with threads of it. Like, guys, you got to go back to the way you were. You're destroying this. Like, their video content hadn't changed. They were still producing really good video content. They still had compelling, you know, discussions and all that stuff. But all of the, they had hired a social media manager that was doing all of that stuff. And it was horrible. And I stopped going to the site. I stopped watching the videos. I stopped going yeah. there at all. And I un you know I un unfollowed them on Facebook so I didn't see their stuff pop up anymore. Dead to me, dude. And sorry, sorry. I I'm with you. This this post here sums it up. It's a just a stick man picture, and it says one stick man says the other. Did you fact check this before reposting it? I don't need to. It agrees with my preconceived views and biases, <laughs> so it must be true. Yeah, I cannot. I'm not even looking for this stuff. And as we're talking about it, that's it in a nutshell, right? Yeah. You know, it, it kind of it's actually that's a little bit of a distraction from what you were saying. I want you to finish that because what you're saying is right. But in the heart of these clickbait and all these sharing things, we're not doing it because we check it. We're doing it because oh, I think this would be cool. Or I think that's true, so I I share it. Uh, when you're talking about a site like what you're just talking about, where they still had presumably good content, but changed that presentation to where they, you had to dig and work and, and struggle for it. it in the garbage. And because they buried it in the yeah. garbage, people couldn't find it anymore. They literally, there were literally comments to that effect. Like people were saying, I actually can't find what's good anymore. And I, I'm just, I'm gone. You know what I mean? And that's, that is the, what looms on the horizon. I think that's something we're looking at in mainstream media. You know, people are getting to the point where it's like people are arguing you can't watch CNN, you can't watch Fox because everything seems to be, you know, hyperbole and lies. And it's like when you can't trust a newspaper or, you know, the evening news or, you know, any of that, what can you trust anymore? How do you communicate, you know? Because the, the danger of the Internet is like like you're saying, that hyper or the um, that stick figure my preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. People click on articles that speak to them. Oh, yeah, I, I completely think that, um, you know, Luke, uh, George Lucas is the devil and I hate the prequels. I'm going to click on that article heading that just said that. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. You're going you're gonna to run in the circles that you're familiar with unless you challenge yourself to expose yourself to the, op you know, the opposite side. And that's actually a perfect example. Uh, I didn't think the prequels were bad until a number of years ago when I watched, you know, one of those documentaries about how bad they really are. And I was like, no, they are bad. <laughs> like I was like, I just, I want, cause the thing was, what I didn't ask myself was how come when I want to watch star Wars, it's never, I want to watch one, two or three. It's always, I want to watch four or five or six. 
and it's well it's because they suck you know and i'm like oh okay you know what i mean like that and they pointed out all these things and i was like oh man you know and i went back and watched some of the special features and i i I always talk about how you if you pay attention to the the behind the scenes on the prequel dvds you can see pat mccollum the producer executive producer he's in a lot of these meetings with george and other people and other people are shooting ideas at george and george is just kind of ignoring them or shooting them down or whatever and you look at mccollum's face and you can see the agony like the oh man the tyrant is drunk with power i didn't get that until somebody exposed me to the fact that that could even be a thing you know what i mean it completely changed yeah. my perception after the fact. And now I have my own informed opinion. I think parts of the prequels are, are quite good, but for the overall part, I don't. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is like that's like our conversations about BVS. We had a bunch of people on that panel and we all looked at it differently. We shared our viewpoints. And I know even if we didn't change our overall feel of the film, like Chris still doesn't like the film. I still right, right, right. for the most part did. But I do see, like, when somebody highlights the shortcomings, I'm like, okay, I see them. Like, I still had a good time, but, like, I see them. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, that is, you know, a bit disappointing. You know, that it changes your opinion if you're open to it. Um, I think the big takeaway, like, from this election that we just went through without talking about politics, doesn't matter who won or who didn't, the big takeaway that the media has highlighted and articles galore and people are pointing out is that everybody got locked in their echo chambers. And the, you know, the, the right, we're talking to the right. They were like, oh yeah, this, our, this guy's our guy. And, and the other side was like, there's no way we can possibly lose. And look at the result. You know what I mean? People got things that they didn't expect that came out of it because they had their head in the sand and they were only listening to other people, you know, that thought the same way they did. So yeah, no, yeah. I, I would definitely challenge everybody. Else. If you work for one of these sites, strive to be better than that. I mean, I understand that at the end of the day, you got to pay the rent, but you know, we're here at this show. Integrity is a big thing for us. You know, we mm-hmm. share things to our, our Facebook page because we just want to, you know, help those topics and those things get exposure. But we don't share anything we don't believe in. You know what I mean? And if something goes up that, you know, one of us feels uncomfortable with, we can bring it up with each other and be like, yo, that article, whoa, that perspective is a little, you know, crazy. It's never really an issue because we all kind of feel each other out on that stuff anyways. But, like, that's the kind of thing that I think you got to do as a media outlet. Um, small or large, I mean, you know, we're I, – I always – people are always like, oh, you know, you do a podcast. You t- must talk to a lot of people. I'm like, ah, we're, we're kind of small, you know. We got our, our dedicated crowd. We're not the biggest thing out there yet, uh, but we're working towards it. But, like, at the end of the day, you got to stay a little bit humble but still realize you can influence people. And that's something he, we here take very seriously. I, I – assume you guys agree with me yeah yeah so i mean that's the thing you know community let's let's calm down a little bit and let's be a little more rational sometimes and and look at what's really going on here and and yeah be open to discussion yeah yeah watch gilmore girls more (laughs) or or at least or at least admit (laughs) watching gilmore girls I haven't well you know what goddamn show in 10 years right 10 10 years a decade well, we can. Well, we can. can well, we, we can about all the agree to. Again? <laughs> can we go back to that? What we can all agree to, though, is Loot Crate is the awesome sauce. This month's Loot Crate is revolution. Yeah, that's about it. It's revolution. Uh, <laughs> 
Fight the power and save the way for, uh, pave the way for a brighter tomorrow with the Simmer's rebel- rebellious crate featuring exclusive items from Assassin's Creed, right? Which comes out, I think, this month. Or uh, is that does that come out December? Or does that come out next year? I think it, I think it's about to come out. Mister Robot, which is finishing up season two. Season one was very very excellent. Firefly, which shall always rest in peace and be awesome, and more, including exclusive Funko Pop figure and our monthly T shirt and pin. You've got to the nineteenth of December at nine p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, to subscribe and get this month's revolutionary crate. Go to lootcrate.com forward slash giant size team up. Enter code giant size team up to save some money. On all new subscriptions, this actually sounds like a pretty decent box uh, compared to you know Gone in sixty seconds. Until you get but, that uh, uh, that that exclusive Funko Pop that's just a uh, Hugh Jackman from La Miz. <laughs> <laughs> I, what's wrong with that? Well, that'd be awesome. I am a huge La Miz fan. I'm just telling you. So I, 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 I enjoy it. That film is <laughs> that's an endeavor, oh. though. Let me tell you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It was great. It was uh, fantastic. But that was like I was like I gotta. I need an intermission. Like I need a break. <laughs> it's exhausting. This is yeah. Like, it, a lot yeah, of singing yeah. and drama, and I I need a break. <laughs> um. Well, you, know, you you kind of <laughs> stop saying <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> <laughs> the horse is dead. <laughs> It's only and, funny until it's and not then it funny. it comes back again. It'll be yeah, funny. And I'm not lying. I just watched the crap out of it. I actually enjoyed that show. That being said, um, <laughs> you did you did mention something in that Loot Crate read that reminded me uh, of a sad happening, and that is uh, the actor who played Shepard. Yes. From Firefly yes. passed away. Uh, I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name. Oh, Shep. Oh, yeah, you're talking about Shepard. Yeah, Shepard. That is his name. It matters unless you're a Barney Miller fan. No, right? I, the, the actor's name is uh, it's Ron Glass, right? Yes, it is Ron Glass. Uh, it passed away. Uh, so, you know, not for nothing, but I'm not going to go the John Oliver route, but 2016, you can eat it. See, see, now I've been I've been following some people who speak that because I'm a big, big person on looking for the good and stuff. And, yeah, I've actually had a decent Charles, year. At the end of the day, you got to stop being an optimist and realize that this year sucked. You don't. You didn't know the man. He did great work. It's not the so, end so of the world for you. it's a good thing that he died? <laughs> I didn't you say it's a good thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> All these people are like, F-2016. Okay, Prince died. He's, he was cool. David Bowie died. Charles, he was cool, but it's not the end of your world. Charles, we lost a lot of amazing, talented artists this year, as well as all the other stuff that happened. Like, I mean, a, a plane just crashed with a Brazilian, a, a miracle oh, yeah, story of a Brazilian crazy. soccer team. A small team that was going to play in a championship that, that way above their league. You know what I mean? And they're playing – it's just horrible. Like horrible stuff happened this year, Charles. No, you don't get to be an optimist <laughs> this time. I'm fine. We get another like three weeks of just – or four weeks of just complaining, okay? Knock We're yourself gonna... out, man. You have to laugh ah. you want. And Gilmore Girls, bah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to come back and I had to hear all this shit and I don't like it. Well, let's, let's throw out – let's throw this out. Uh 
CWF, we've talked about it a bunch, right? The, the Arrowverse, all those shows got taken off of Netflix. Well, not taken off, but the new stuff. I'm sorry, not Netflix. They've got a deal with Netflix. It got taken off of the Hulu day after process that I was used to using and will show up on Netflix, so on and so forth. I've definitely been using the CW app on my tablet and on my Roku box. I am a cord cutter, and that's how I, I consume my media that way. I got to tell you, the app works decently. On the Roku box, for some reason, it always puts on closed captioning, so I have to turn that off every episode. Yeah, it's just a thing. It's a whatever. Uh, no big deal. They have a number of commercials in it. Not as much as if you're watching live TV, but definitely a lot more than I'm accustomed to with Hulu. I paid for the commercial-free experience on Hulu. And, of course, on Netflix, there'll be no commercials uh, at all. But I got to tell you, the, the weirdest thing about it is they give you that experience of watching it on TV, which I've heard DC on screen talk about, like, oh, did you see the 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 teaser for next week? You know, I never saw those. I never wanted to see them. I love going in on a clean slate to an episode, seeing what's going to happen next. And I get that now. And I'll be two or three episodes behind. Like right now, I'm trying to catch up on Supergirl. Because I like to be caught up when I hit the crossover that's happening at the time of this recording. They're doing the big four-show crossover this week. And so I'm trying to catch up on Supergirl. And I get a commercial for what's happening on the new show. Well, what would have been last night? Uh, when they did, I was like, no, no, no. I don't, I'm on episode four. I don't need episode eight commercials right now, man. That's not cool. It's, it's, it's like, ah, it's not quite spoilers, but it's like, why? You're you're promoting your own show inside of your show. You're you're going full tilt. Uh, oh, what is that firefighter show that was on FX uh, with it Dennis Leary. Uh, uh, Leary? I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That one was crazy. You were literally watching it on FX, either DVR'd or live. You know, at the time, that's what it was. Uh, you didn't have the internet as much as uh, like it is now with Hulu and everything else. And I'm watching it and across the screen, a third of the screen at the bottom, a fire truck would roll out going, rah. I mean, as you're talking, giving dialogue in the current show, rah, 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 noises, advertising the next episodes coming up next week. It was like, you just ruined a minute of that show that I'm watching and I enjoy actively watching it live on TV and now I didn't get to hear what they just said because you're advertising with noise and all this other crazy crap animations and stuff for next week. And that got, I haven't seen another, they, that got big for a little while, right? In the 2000s and it went away because it's so horrible. That's kind of how they're doing it now. It's like in the middle of your show, you stop the show, they do a commercial for your show. I don't, I don't like it, man. It's not cool. Uh, have you guys used it I, app at I all? I on the phone, uh, and I, I like it, but yeah, it is a little commercial heavy. It feels like it's more than what I get, because I didn't pay for the commercial free on Hulu. It feels like it's more ads than on Hulu, but I haven't like I, I haven't done a time study to see if it is or not. Well, if you if you did the free Hulu, uh, when there was a, there's supposedly free Hulu is going away. I haven't, I don't know anything about free Hulu. Yeah. I haven't used it in forever. Uh, but I went, back in the day when I used free Hulu, you'd get up to eight right, yeah, ads. Yeah. Not ads on the free version. On the paid for version, you might get three. Uh, when I paid for the higher, slightly higher version, I got zero except for Agents of Shield, which is not part of our contractual. No ads free, whatever. So they have to run a commercial before and after. Uh, but in the middle of it, I don't get any commercials. Yeah, see, the thing is, that is still 
very different. You know what I mean? Sure. To run a, an ad before and after. Like Yes. Yes. Agreed. So, you know, we tried to be optimistic about this change to this app, but this sounds really crappy. It's it's not horrible because I don't have to pay for cable or find some kind of cable. I'm not sure if CW falls under broadcast and I could get an antenna. I don't have to spend extra money and be there on time. I still get to watch it on my own time and be a cord cutter. And it's free. The app is free. So, you know, it's, it's I don't have to have any kind of extra money put in. I'm going to give them that. Right. So it's Hulu you have to pay for. So if you never paid for Hulu and you want to watch it on an app, this is a benefit to you. Right. You don't have to show up at eight o'clock or nine o'clock, whatever the broadcast time is on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to watch your shows. You can now watch it on your own time and you're still getting less commercials. And if you watch it broadcast, but going from what I did pay for, it is worse. Uh, but overall, the only other complaint I have about the Roku app, because I haven't tested it on my tablet. I will today. I watched most of an episode today. Stopped. Saw where I was. It doesn't remember your position. That's the only downside I'm going to say legitimately as a technician. You can code the crap out of that easily. Every other digital app does it. Yours doesn't. Don't know why. But I have to remember roughly in between which commercials I am. Because they do put those nice little markers on the bar. You know that's a commercial. And I have to fast forward to that spot that I was. However, here's the catch, Clot. You're going to love this. When I fast forward, like today, I hated to do it, but I had to, I had to stop watching Supergirl in between the last two commercials. So I was 80% done with the show, but I had to go do something else. When I, fa- when I go to finish that episode, I have to fast forward to that spot. I'll have to watch every single commercial break before it runs the show. So I will get 10 commercials, more or less, before I get my last 15 minutes of the episode. That's gonna yeah, suck. That's, that's gonna suck. <laughs> I, the thing that I didn't like, like I was happy. I'm I'm big into the the preview of the here's what's coming next week. I, like I love that. That's I'm a movie preview guy, so I that's one of those things that I love about uh, network television and and all those. But what I don't like is on the CW app, you have to watch it as a separate as a separate endeavor. Like I don't understand why you don't just throw it on at the end of the episode like you would during a broadcast. There's no reason to not. But to watch it you have to go to they have a trailer for the next episode which is a completely separate thing that you have to click on and watch i i i don't know i mean why you don't necessarily have to watch it they'll run the commercial well if you're up to date they'll run the commercial in the middle of your episode so uh now another thing i want to talk about with supergirl i know our producer mike woodard loved supergirl on cbs i went on netflix watched the whole season and I got to say, uh, we're going to take another quick break, but we got a, one last conversation we want to have about uh, filler and compulsion to watch. I enjoy Supergirl. I'm going to have to say, if I were ranking the four main shows of, of the Arrowverse, right? Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl, for strength and for enjoyment on my own personal behalf, I would have to say Flash is number one. Um, for me, I want to, have to say Legends is number two, and that is arguable. I get that. It's, it's more of a taste thing. Arrow is number three, and I still really find it strong. Uh, Supergirl? Really? Enjoyable? Nah. Well, I, I, I love the characters I mean, on Legends. Every, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but you're putting Arrow right and now Charles, above Charles, you've said Supergirl? some ignorant things before. Uh, and yes? I just, there's, wait, wait, what? Like, this is, this Are you watching this is Supergirl? A taker. <laughs> yeah. I'm watching I'm caught up on Supergirl. Okay. I'm just not finding I, it compelling. I'm not caught up on Supergirl. I watched the first season, and I'm not caught up on Arrow. I watched last season. There's correlation <laughs> there. Uh, 
Uh, so I'm basing this off the first season of Supergirl and the most recent season before this current season of Arrow. And in my uh, opinion, well, yeah, okay. In my That's opinion, I'm going to rank them in the top ten shows in the Arrowverse and put Arrow at number ten, and then everything else fills out the top of the list. And there's this huge gap with non-existent. Yeah. Shows I was about to say one of the other shows. <laughs> like there is. Okay, I, I will stand. The Damian Dark storyline started off interesting and definitely it it jumped the shark. It was it, that is not a greatest comparison. I think they're trying to redeem themselves, but I get maybe have, habit. Have they acknowledged how bad that season was? I don't know. The characters have not, of course. I mean, that would be fourth wall breaking. Everybody I've talked to, like everybody I've talked to, has has had some gripe with that season, whether it be the pacing, whether it be the complete personality shift of Felicity, yeah, and 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 like the random death of Laurel, and like all this stuff. Like there was a lot of nonsense in that in that season, yeah. and I realized that th- this is a CW show. There's going to be some some nonsense from time to time. We have to just kind of accept that it's the nature of the beast. But it was it was bad, man. Like it, I know a lot of people who've just straight up dropped the show because of how bad last season was. I I, I would agree. We we covered the story. Other of our shows on the Giant Size Team Network have talked about the whole Reddit thing where they changed the Arrow Reddit to Daredevil. No, it, <laughs> it was I, no. I get you. I get you. Bob talking about. When I go to pick a show to watch on the CW app, right? Because I have limited time. I need, I need, and I watch my superhero shows by myself. So I have to find time when the family's not around because my wife will mock stuff and I just don't want to hear it. She watches her trash TV. I watch my cheesy TVs, whatever. The kids will be loud. So I have to find time to watch it myself. I will watch Flash first. Then I'll watch Legends of Tomorrow. Then I'll watch Arrow. And the only reason I'm actually getting caught up on Supergirl, not just saving it right now, is because these shows started to expire. They took off the first couple of episodes. Now, here's the thing about Supergirl. I feel like with Arrow, if you miss a couple of episodes, you're going to be a little lost because they all tie together. With Supergirl, I jumped in in season two, episode three, and didn't feel like I missed anything. You know, And if nothing else, here's a shameless plug. If nothing else, I can go back and listen to DC <laughs> on screen's review of the first two episodes and get caught up. Right? So <laughs> I'm not saying they tell me what to think, Chris. I'm just, I'm saying, just saying I could you do that. You found your own personal echo chamber within the GSTU. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, it catches me up. I, I, just, like the, I don't find like Supergirl compelling. Spoken yeah. host of that show. <laughs> Like you're not on it, but I, you're on. In it. fact, in fact, they even got a freaking iTunes review that says "Keep Charles off the show." Like I've never been on the show. That's funny. until the moment the iTunes review came in, and then they got on the show. <laughs> Further inspection yeah. shows that Chris put that review. <laughs> That's actually, I, I, I kind of thought that myself, to be honest. <laughs> um, so my my point with Supergirl though is okay, Quats, you watched the whole first season. Did you find a compelling reason to finish it other than it's like, yeah, okay, this is kind of enjoyable. I like the characters. I like yeah. the story. I mean, okay, if if we're real about it, Astra and Nan and, you know, the, the other Kryptonians, I really don't care about that story. As a matter of fact, I think it's kind of heavy handed. I think it I think they raised the stakes a little bit too quickly. I didn't I didn't love that. But I love the core characters of the show. I love her circle of friends and family. I love John Jones. Like I love how he's being played. I love that he's two characters in one. 
I love her sister. Like, I just love all of that. I think they're really getting to the heart of the struggles of being a superhero, a new superhero, having the bar set so high, you know, all this stuff. Like, there's there's stuff there. And people are putting in good performances. I, the villains are lackluster. It's always the threat of the weak nonsense. Yeah, I mean, some, yeah. some things are better than others. And and that's admittedly weak, but it's, it's not like Arrow's been where it's like, ugh. Just and here's the other thing though, uh, to be fair, Supergirl is a superhero show that was structured and and is written with with ladies in mind, you know, with with a female audience. So there there's some. I'm not saying that they're pandering. That's not fair, but they they're definitely playing more to your CW style, like you know the romance angles and all that stuff a little bit more. You know, and they're definitely going for the the girl empowerment story, like you know that she's, you know, but yeah. the, it's it's not. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I think that's something that's been missing, and that's what people have wanted. That's why people rallied behind you know Agent Carter. It's it's one of those things that there's demand for, and you have to accept that you know it's going to be written to that audience. It's like you wouldn't watch Game of Thrones and be like, oh well, there's too much like sex and and swearing and stuff. And it'd be like, well, that's game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Like that's the, it's an HBO show. That's the nature of that beast. Um, that comes with the territory. You know what I mean? It's, that's not a family friendly story. It's a, it's very much a very serious, very real story. And I, and on the flip side, I would say, you know, Supergirl is definitely a very stylized and, and aimed at a certain audience, but it, it's, still broad and has broad appeal. I'll tell you the big character that's really surprised me is Callista Flockhart's character, Kat. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated her at first. Unbearable. Like I was like, oh, this is so heavy handed and I can't stand it. And she grew on me. You know, by the end of the first season, she's one of my favorite characters. I laugh at how snarky she is. I laugh at, you know, how ridiculous she can be. And, you know, I care about all those characters a lot more than I care about half my, of the my pro- Like, I really right like Calista Flockhart. I like Cat Grant. My my problem is, mm-hmm. is I wish they would have gone more of an even tone with it. Because really, the way it feels as you follow that narrative through the season, it feels like about halfway through the season, they were like, holy crap, they hate the highest paid person on this show. We need to do something to make this character more likable. And then they did this quick 180. And, and just, I... It was it, it was like a Doctor Jekyll Mister Hyde thing to me because when you go into it, it's not like it's not like uh, Kara had been working for her for three days, so you had to have that 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 relationship evolve. Kara had obviously been there for years, so there was already time for there was already time for that evolu- that that relationship to have evolved to to be in a, in a more tepid zone where you get to at the end of the season. And you could have still had all that snark and that fun that we got in the second half of the season up at the beginning without hating Cat Grant at the front. Well, they very quickly showed her softer side, though. I think it was the third episode where you started to get, you know, some of the backstory for her. So I kind of see what you're saying, but I don't think it was as drastic and I don't think it was as far along as you seem to be suggesting. You know what I mean? I. I think they presented her as a very tough figure for the first two episodes or so for a reason because you just needed to know that she was a no-nonsense, you know, means business power mogul. You know what I mean? I mean, that was that was your that was your point. You said you hated her. 
you hated her at the beginning of the season. So can't you do that character without hating the having a character that people hate? No, because you're you're supposed you, to respect the character. That's the whole thing. You respect Kara, don't you? You respect her sister, don't you? But you do it without res- hating them. You respect John. I respect Kara, but she does like her witchy washiness drives me crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like her insecurities and stuff like that. And I, yeah, you make a point with it. It's designed uh, to grab a female audience. I understand even as humans, people question themselves. And and it does seem in public or as a generic societal statement that women are openly more questionable about what they're doing uh, to themselves. They question themselves more and, and so on and so forth. I'll get that. But there are really, really dumb mistakes that are made into it like i I just saw one it's not a spoiler or anything but i just saw one that recently where she had the bad guy right and she took away his gun and then somebody else did something to distract her that's fine i get that but instead of like just pimp smacking the bad guy knocking him out which she's right there to do she just flies off to save the other person like you just let really really bad people with really really bad guns just run around when very quickly you could have taken care of it and saved the day that's weak sauce we don't talk about the action scenes on that show. <laughs> they are the they are the literal. And then I get reminded of the electrical, the downed electrical line. But I, yeah, that almost yeah. destroyed. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. I'm sorry to bring that up. All right, we got we got to roll. We got to go. Uh, so hey, stick around as you always do. We love that you listen to our ad, man. Thank you for, so much. Uh, we're working on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel. That if you'd like to support us there, you can. We're going to offer some awesome new stuff. And honestly, you know what? If we get enough support over there, we can absolutely take the ads out. I'm bitching about CW ads. I'll more than have We got to keep the lights on somehow. So please stay tuned. We'll be back with a quick discussion about ratings and compulsion after this. And we're back with <laughs> discussing about ratings and compulsion. Hey, boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo. Uh, so we got a few more minutes before I have to really just run out of here. And Klotz brought up an interesting point about uh, stuff going on with The Walking Dead. And Chris, actually, Chris brought up the point about ratings and is it really in the dump? And then Klotz brought up a point about compulsion. We'll probably carry this over into next week. But Chris, talk about ratings, set us up, and then we'll see if we're compelled to watch it. So what they found in the, the this so far in this season, aside from the, the big opening, which was actually down from the previous season's uh, initial episode, was that ratings are down across the board on Walking Dead um, to the levels of like the third season where there was talk of whether or not there would be a fourth season. Not not by the studio, but you know, insiders that were on the outside looking in were wondering if there would be this, the the numbers to necessitate a fourth season. But in every article that I've read, they're always talking about the live plus six hours or the live plus twelve hours or something. They're not taking in the live plus three or the live plus all those DVR views. And in Walking Dead has been one of those those record breaking um, next day watches or, or two day later watches. It's and and I, yeah. I think that again this goes back to check the data that's being presented and then. Make sure you mention that in your story in a compelling way, not just as a throw. This is all of these these ratings are the the live plus twelve hours or whatever because you're not giving an yeah. accurate picture. I mean, you can say that anything is a pending failure if your metric for it is that people aren't watching it on black and white mm-hmm. TV. For example, <laughs> that's that's what we're talking. We're not about gathering here. around the radio, Grandpa. Oh man, you know it's like oh nobody's playing Atari anymore. Well, yeah, I mean. That's the thing. Um, it Okay, so, Charles, you mentioned. I will say that 
they've definitely lost some momentum so far. Uh, we were talking about this before the show. Uh, they had a, a really exciting first episode back. I mean, that cliffhanger was insane. The hype was real. Everybody the nerd rage <laughs> has just the oh well. The everybody was excited to see what was going to happen. And here we are, you know, we, we lost some characters. We lost characters that people loved, you know. And in the, in the fallout of that, you know, I am three episodes into the season. I'm a bit behind. Uh, I watched that, that season premiere, which was a long episode to begin with, by the way. It wasn't a normal length episode. And then the next episode dealt with some stuff at another community that's nearby, that's outside of the whole Negan storyline, and then the third episode deals with um, Daryl uh, being a prisoner of Negan and, you know, all of that, what that entails. And the thing is, like, you set this frantic pace at the end of last season and the beginning. Of, and, you know, you, you brought some conclusion and some answers, but you also opened up a whole new world of stuff. And then you're taking your time putzing around in filler. You know, and filler is the devil. Okay, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, I much prefer shows that I like. I like the shows that say, "Hey, we've got a tight budget, or we've got a tight timetable. We only have you know maybe ten, twelve episodes or something. We're not going to have a lot of filler. We're going to move the story. The story is going to progress in every episode, at least to a certain degree. We'll take time to explore our characters. We'll take time to explore some backstory." some side events, but we're not going to take entire episodes and just wander off someplace that nobody cares about yet. You know what I mean? For no, I mean, obviously it'll all tie in later, but you're spending entire episodes completely removed from the main story. And it's very disjointing and it, it works a little bit in books, but it doesn't work so well on a TV show. I mean, when I look at it and I go week to week and I'm like, I watch an episode where, only two of the main cast members are in the episode the you know the entire time and it's not advancing the main story i'm like that this sucks yeah but that's and sorry but you know that's part of the problem with having such a large ensemble cast though and i mean and again mm-hmm. i mean i'm glad you said the books because that's this 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 the way this is happening is not dissimilar to the way it played out in the comic books i mean you see the threat and then and then there's the reset period where they have to sit down and be like okay now what do we do? And they're going out and meeting these other communities. As we're, as you see throughout the season, all these other communities have had these same interactions or worse with with the survivors. Mm-hmm. So now it's all going to build again. To I mean, you're just talking about different storylines that are interweaving a plot that are all going to pay out at the end. And I understand that sometimes it feels like filler, but, but there's like the the service that's or not service the cell episode. I mean, that's that's essentially. It's it, the the story is vastly different, but that's Carl's storyline from the comic books that happened. Um, the the well going to the kingdom that was Michonne going to meet King Ezekiel, I mean, and King Ezekiel and and the kingdom is integral to the to the storyline as it advances, as as these right. other communities are. The problem is that the way it's presented right now, it's hard to understand that through through the medium that it is. Because the thing is, there's a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. right for tv shows now tons of competition i mean we just talked about the fact that the arrowverse now encompasses essentially four right. shows it's technically three but it's three and a half four yeah, you know yeah. 
we have the Netflix Marvel Universe, which is now three full shows, fully realized, fleshed out shows with four seasons among them, and another mini series coming. Kings of TV, right? And I mean, this is the thing. Like, you got stuff like Game of Thrones. You've got other prominent stuff out there. You lose people pretty easily. If you stop focusing on main characters for too long and if you stop advancing the main plot for too long. And it's the other thing we talked about before the show was Westworld. Um, Westworld is getting a lot of buzz and it's a really exciting show. I'm only four or five episodes in. That's four or five hours in and I stopped watching week to week because I was like this slow is this story is moving at a snail's pace like. It's showing it, – there's revelations in every episode. Don't get me wrong. Like we're getting the, – the mystery of the world and what's going on is, is being shown to us a little bit piece by piece every episode. But it's still so slow that I'm just like I don't want to watch an episode every week and still have not gone anywhere. I'm going to wait and watch three or four episodes in an evening, you know what I mean, and really – get some actual movement and that's not necessarily so good and that will affect those kind of ratings that these you know articles and reviewers and stuff are looking at they're going to look at like what's the week over week you know, well look and like. so let's go to that because that's that's a good point and my i guess h westworld i don't i don't know that it's broken two million viewers per week yet and that's that's expected because it's pay it's pay cable and, and it's, it's right it's, it's hbo, HBO. On it, yeah. but AMC, which isn't one of your big three network, big four networks, right? You're, they're still pulling in over ten, over eleven million viewers a week. So I mean, well, yeah, so there's I mean, a bit of Chicken Little going on around here too. Like, oh my god, the sky yeah, is yeah, falling it's... because they don't have seventeen million viewers like they had on their first episode. I mean, but come on. The other thing to keep in mind is this is a show that very nearly died in that second and third season because of how slow the pacing of the story became. Because yeah. they had budget issues, they had issues with their original executive producer and showrunner, and they they frankly they dragged out a uh, they dragged out what should have taken maybe four or five six episodes over the course of an entire season, and it, they almost lost everybody. People couldn't take it anymore. They couldn't watch people yell at each other while sitting at this farmhouse anymore. You know what I mean? And that was the problem. You know, so this is a show that almost died. Almost died despite being wildly popular and being one of the strongest intellectual properties to come out of literally nowhere in a long time. You know what I mean? This is people. This Walking Dead will likely go down in history as being as prominent in the genre as you know Romero's work. Yeah, people yeah. are going to in the future. People are going to compare horror and in particular survival horror and zombie type stuff to Romero's work and Kirkman's work. You know, that's what's going to happen. And so, you know, this is something that could still, you know, just stumble and not recover kind of thing. Um, but one other thing that I mentioned in the pre-show when we were discussing this is uh, w- one of the other things that I have a hard time with is anime. Um, anime is, uh, you know, anime, Japanese animation that's based on manga. It's based on comic books, graphic novels. And one of the, the key issues that keeps cropping up in a lot of them is the book will get popular, so they'll get greenlit as a series. It'll come out. The first season will come out. People will love it. It'll follow a story arc in the, in the manga. And then they run into this issue where they catch up to the books. 
and they have to now, because their production schedule is so much faster on making the animated TV show than it is to make comic books, they have to do these filler seasons and filler arcs and stuff where they take, you know, five, ten, sometimes an entire season's worth of episodes, mm. and it doesn't advance the main story. It does all this. Like, Naruto is one of my favorite anime of all time because I love the core story, but this it's one of the guiltiest of this. It's It has these tremendous blocks of filler where it's like it follows all the characters that you like but it's all this side stuff that nobody cares about it's like watching them solve the problem of somebody losing a picnic basket and i'm exaggerating slightly but i think that was the plot of one of the <laughs> um but the core story is so good it's so amazing like pe- people mock naruto because the english dub is a little crazy it's not it's not nearly as good as the the traditional japanese reading the subtitles because you get the nuance and the context a little bit better when you read the subs um, and it, it seems ridiculous, but the, the core story is so heartwarming and, and thrilling and also very sad and deep. And it's about the human experience. There's a lot there. Um, but it, <laughs> I stop watching it for years at a time sometimes because I'm like, I can't take all that filler. You know, every time I pick it back up, I'm like, I got to go look up a guide online how to skip. You know, what episodes can I skip because they don't advance the plot at all, you know? Um, so that's, that's a thing. I mean, that's a whole genre of entertainment that, that I'm fine with the, I like that style of storytelling if it's done well, you know, if it's succinct, but, oh man, it is so exhausting sometimes that I just don't watch. I miss a lot of that content. And, um, I think that's unfortunate. So I, I think, uh, it's important that, you know, people who are running these shows realize that you can't. It's, it's almost better to do less is more, to do like a tighter storyline where you move everything right along, you know? So that's my stance I, on it. I mean, it could be completely different from your guys' perspective. Well, I, don't know. I, I watched Westworld like the first two episodes. The first episode, I was riveted because mm-hmm. of just all the newness and looking where it's going and picking up on the nuances, figuring out how the world works, so on and so forth. Uh my wife, however, was not. She's like, wow, it's really slow. I'm like, yeah, but it's the first episode. It's HBO. They're just really getting your your feet wet. And and we took a little bit of extra time to finally watch the second episode. And again, after that, she was like, I kind of want to know what's happening, but it's so slow. And therefore, we have not been compelled to watch week to week, whereas as you compared to Game of Thrones, I watched it every week week to week as the second it came on my wife saw some of it finally one day she got bored and started catching up and then when she caught up this whole last set last season together every because we're cord cutters it'd be late sunday night or maybe monday night when we get to it uh on the hbo app we watch game of thrones every the second you know when it comes out every week we can't wait to the next one there's not just not that compulsion with with uh, westworld Mm-hmm. Right. And G- Game of Thrones is a great example. Every episode is really well crafted. You know what I mean? Even if it's dealing with side characters and some of the side stories, the the quality of the production, the the quality of the dialogue and what's happening and everything is still very compelling. So you're like, "All right, this is kind of side stuff, but I like it." You know what I mean? It's exciting. Yeah. Cuz that's the difference. Filler, filler that is filler for filler's sake, where you're phoning it in, where because you'll notice it with like the the comic book shows. You'll see, um, usually like the first episode or two will be directed and written by whoever's the showrunner, and then 
you'll see a couple filler episodes written by literal nobodies, you know, people yeah. you've never heard of. And then you, <laughs> and half the time you like see them somewhere else in the production credits on all the other episodes. You're like, Oh, so they just got the guy that happened to be in the next office over to write, you know, an episode or something. I'm exaggerating slightly. Cause obviously if you're writing a, a, t- a script for TV show, you're qualified. Doing you know? something. Yeah. They're not going to let just anybody do it, but they're definitely not getting their A-list talent to write every episode sometimes. Um, where I feel like with a show like Game of Thrones, it's so tight and because their schedule is tight too. That's the other thing is they only do 10, 12 episodes, right? You know, so they have to be tight. They don't have. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, you know, take a cue from British shows. British shows do tremendously short seasons. You know, they, most shows get like maybe six episodes, eight, if you're lucky, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, because I've watched a number of British shows over the years. And then you get the crazy off the wall ones like Sherlock Holmes, where it's like each one's just basically a mini movie. But you you get like two when they find time, you know, like when they're like, oh, well, we got, you know, everybody was free to film. So we filmed two episodes back to back. So we filmed like a three hour movie, you know, this year. Yeah, kind of thing. Well, two, you know, kind of ideas. But you know what I mean. Like that's the thing. And we do have to get on, and we might we might talk about more about this next week because there's uh, Luke Cage every episode. Yeah, I just can't wait till the next one. Uh, Mm. Daredevil, same way. For me personally, I like to show Suits. I'm like that with episode of Suits going. As soon as I get to the end of, I'm like, oh, I want to watch the next one, but I guess it's two a.m. I need to go to bed. (laughs) You know, that's and that's just me. You know, I'm not saying it's going to win your awards or anything. I don't know if it has or not, but I'll be the Uh, dissenting opinion on this because uh, no, 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 it's cool. You go ahead and silence me, Charles. You silence me until next week. (laughs) I see what (laughs) you do. You got a minute to throw it out. Give us some dissent, Echo Chamber. My. I I am compelled with every episode of Westworld because it's this is a mystery. This isn't this isn't Game of Thrones. There's no mystery in Game of Thrones other than who's the father of uh, of Jon Snow. That's it. That's that's the mystery. It, it, it that should that no, we, we that know should who be the earth. father is. No no what you don't know yet for sure. Um <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's the deal. Is Game of Thrones? Is there action in every episode? Yeah, because there should be. There's no mystery. Westworld. There's action and there's mystery and there's there are all of these layers of I mystery disagree. and intrigue. There's, there's mystery and, and intrigue. Not in... as much as Westworld, and and that's and that's fine. And that's know, fine. Least, and that's fine. To me, I mean, no, to me, this is what what I like about it is is the the things that I liked the best about Lo- the first season of Lost. That's and that's what okay. this is speaking yeah. to me. No, nope. no, we're t- yeah. no, 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 no. And, Let the boy speak. And, he has your time. And, <laughs> and and there's there's build up. There's there's payoff coming, and I'm I'm waiting for it. And I'm 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 along for the journey. There's there. I have yet to become away from an episode where I'm not like I gotta watch the next one now. So. Okay, I I I'm looking for the payoff. I'm waiting for. It. I'm just not going. Oh, I have to see everything right this second. Um, but I want to go ahead and piss Glotz off. I, I loved every episode of Lost, just saying, including the end. No. Yeah. No. Uh, we could have that discussion. the worst example. Nope. No. no. It was a great example of when the creator takes her hands off of it, it goes sideways. How a many seasons did you get of that show and then get zero payoff in the oh, end? I got the full got payoff, robbed. dude. You don't understand how I see the world, man. It's, uh, the payoff was there for me. I you dug it. robbed. Uh, uh, some of it was robbed. I've anyway. That's not for we gotta get out of here. We gotta, <laughs> um, but we've used Gilmore Girls as a weapon this week. But I do want to wrap up and say, uh, talking about filler, 
it's been what ten years since the last Gilmore Girls was on. I watched it all with my wife. We were both looking forward to it when we heard it was coming out. And we there's four episodes, right? It's a mini movie essentially. Each one's an hour and a half long. I'm excited. They could have been an hour long. Each one of those episodes absolutely had really outstanding, like in your face. This is obvious filler. I don't know why. The way I can tell you, for those who disagree with us, for those who agree, here's what I say to my wife every time. And last night, we're watching the last episode, and it's super girly in this moment. I mean, it was like really long setup to get the main character to get where she needed to be. And my wife's like, oh, my God. I said, babe, we are just not the audience that this moment is tailored for. If you were a super girl who weeped at everything that came on TV, you'd be in tears loving this right now. We're not the audience for that. And that's something to keep in mind with all the, the stuff that goes on sometimes is sometimes it's it's weak writing. Absolutely. Sometimes it's a bad moment. Absolutely. But sometimes we're not just the audience that that writer is specifically writing for. So there you go. And, you know, you want to fast forward on get more girls to get to the good parts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so you just fast forward all the way to the end and then go watch another show. Uh, oh, there were so many good moments, man. Come on, tell me you wouldn't look at me one day when I'm doing my emotional spaz and going, why are you not on Xanax? God invented it for you. <laughs> uh, one last thing, Chris. Why don't you read this iTunes review at the end? Right, this comes in from, uh, okay, so it's titled Nerd Culture Done Right from HG Vision in Australia. <laughs> so we thank you. Um, his comment is that these guys know their stuff. More importantly, they aren't all uber geeks who talk down to the audience for not knowing every detail. No, we just do that to Charles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have our residents. <laughs> With a great variety yeah. of voices and experience, they cover all the cool stuff for all the cool kids. A plus plus. So, yeah, thank well, you thank very, you much. very it's much. High praise. High praise. And that was a five star review. Uh, so we definitely appreciate that. And speaking of. Uh, uh, what they say, variety of voices. I think it's time to bring in a guest or somebody. We haven't done that in a little bit, so maybe we should line that up for this month uh, before we finish out the year. Oh, uh, we fun. could bring on some new voices to the network. <laughs> we might could indeed. Uh, we are proud to announce that Botched D&D Podcast is the newest member of our ever-growing family and want to welcome them and love the work they do. So check out Botched, B-O-T-C-H-E-D. as a D&D podcast. And if you're hardcore D&D, you might not enjoy the show as much as the filthy casual But if you like am, Cards Against guys. Humanity sprinkled in your D&D, you're going to love it. <laughs> That's exactly what. That's a good summary, Chris. That's a real good wrap up there. Would, would, would you say they're a jolly band of murder hobos? Yeah, that's what I'm definitely. For. Definitely. <laughs> there's some things, literally, there are some things I could use to describe the show that Klotz you would love that cannot say on the show because of how we've decided to take the route that we've decided to take. But it cracks me up. And it's a lot of fun. And they're really good guys and a good bunch of people dedicated to the craft. And I can't say that I've heard another show where I could I felt like I could sit down and play with them. And yeah, get the the good hearted grief that I get with clots and wisdom here of, of being the filthy casual, but always feeling included and always feeling like I have something to contribute to the game or to the show or anything else. We apologize about. if that's what so, we've been giving you. Now we understand why you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it wrong, Paul. <laughs> The, the, you know, besides the fact that I own the show, does it doesn't help you at all that why I'm still here? Uh, 
But yeah, email us, breaking the panel. That's BTP at giantsizeteamup.com. Hit us up, facebook.com forward slash breaking the panel, iTunes reviews. We're going to have links, make it easy for you in the show notes here soon. But go to iTunes, give us a review. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to read it on the air. Uh, speak pipe. It is giantsizeteamup.com forward slash breaking the panel. You can hit the speak pipe tab, leave your voicemail. All discussions are welcome. And you know, Michael Bay for the win. <laughs> Clots, I'm going to let you wrap this up. So I'm going to throw it to you. I'm giving you a warning right now. I'm going to do it really slow, too. <laughs> Tune in next week to hear Paul Clots say, We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team-Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. Giant Size Team-Up.